to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook by searching for Gone Boss. Today in the studio, we have Marcy Mitten, CEO and President of Community Foundation of Muncie and Delaware County. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. So tell me a little bit about yourself. I was raised here in Muncie. I'm a fourth generation Munsonian and sixth generation Hoosier on my dad's side, actually both maternal and paternal side. And I've lived here most of my life with the exception of when I went away a little bit for college and lived outside of the community for about three years. I raised my kids here, and they are third-generation Cowan High School graduates. So I went to Cowan, and they went to Cowan. And my son is at Ball State right now, and he'll be third-generation Ball State graduate. So we have been around for a really long time. Muncie has been home, and we have roots really, really deep here. Okay, nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your family. So I have a husband of 23 years. He also grew up here in Muncie. He's a Southside grad. Um, he's an elementary teacher, and I have a son and a daughter. So my son is 21, so he's legal now. That was a shift. <laughs> he's a junior at Ball State, and okay. he is studying media. He is a musician. He's a drummer by trade, if you will. He's been <laughs> trained to be a drummer, but he also plays other instruments, guitar and bass and a few mm-hmm. other things, lots of auxiliary. He's been a part of a rock band since he was probably 15, moved from band to band. My daughter's 19, and she's a freshman at Purdue Fort Wayne, and she is a softball player, so she's playing D1 softball for Purdue Fort Wayne. She is an elementary education major, Okay. so following the footsteps of her dad Mm -hmm. and my mom. So my mom is a retired teacher as well, Uh, not elementary, but high school teacher, and my dad retired from GM as an electrician. So I like to tell folks I've lived with a teacher my whole life because Mm -hmm. I moved from mom to husband and now I raised who's going to be a teacher Uh as well. So based on the ages of my kiddos, we are recent empty nesters. Oh, yeah. And it's weird. I don't know how to eat. We don't eat the same, my husband and I, so it's very hard to cook for two and... (laughs) So that that's what my family's like right now. We're definitely in a transition period of our life with two kids in college and oh, yeah. transitioning them to adulthood, I suppose. I guess, yeah, I would say so. Now, Matt tells me, he's like, you know, we could have been empty nesters by now because his oldest are all, you know, bigger and, and on their own. And then I decided we needed to start over. And so now we have a 10-year-old. He's like, <laughs> yeah. most people our age are empty nesters or yeah. whatever. I'm yeah. like, well, could be, but... That's just how it works out. My brother has a gap like that. So Mm -hmm. he has two adult children and then he has an 11-year-old. So she's fun. He's my only brother. There's only two of us. So it's fun to have a niece that's still in school and doing fun things like volleyball games and things like that. That's fun. So tell me a little bit about the Community Foundation and what you do over there. Yeah, sure. So I am president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Muncie and Delaware County. 
and the Community Foundation was started in 1985 as a challenge from the Ball Family Foundation. Um, Ed Ball was around then, and he really felt like, as well as the rest of the Ball family, felt like one family shouldn't be deciding all the philanthropy for Muncie and Delaware County. So they encouraged us to, the community, to start a community foundation. And they did that with a matching opportunity. So Ball Family Foundation put up a million dollars. And then that was very quickly matched in the community. So uh, Ball Brothers Foundation did another million dollars. Um, and that was how we got started. And we only had one fund in the beginning. It was the unrestricted fund of the community foundation. So you were simply giving to the community. And we did that for, I think, about the first seven years. And then we started having different types of funds as well. We are one of 76 community foundations in Indiana. Indiana is really unique because it is the state in all the nation that has the most community foundations. Really, And for a small state like ours, only around 7 million people in our state, and that seems really strange, but um, it is really because of the generosity of Lily Endowment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily Endowment has helped us build our endowments over time um, or even start some community foundations. So in 1990, they started a program called Giving Indiana Funds for Tomorrow. And if there was already a community foundation in, in the community, I think there were 11 or 12 of us at mm-hmm. that time, then we were um, able to tap into that match to build the foundations. Okay. If a county did not have a community foundation, they were encouraged to start one with that matching. So that's why every single county in Indiana is covered by a community foundation. Cool. Um, and so it brings us to a wonderful pool of colleagues, really, to talk to across the state and garner ideas and and work together um, to be even better. And so the Community Foundation builds that enduring asset. That's one part of our three-legged stool. And then the second part is grant making. So that's what people know us Mm -hmm. for the most, probably. It's the front porch of the Community Foundation. So we do Um, a little more than $3 million a year in grant making into the community in various ways. And then community leadership is the last part of the three-legged stool. So we provide community leadership in lots of different ways. We serve on coalitions. We show up in places where um, we can have uh, the opportunity to network with others or learn about the community. Um, We also see a very broad picture of the community. And so we're able to connect dots and convene different folks, um, lots of different ways that we can show community leadership in the community as well. And I've been the president for a little more than a year. Okay. Um, Before me was Kelly Schrock. Lots of folks Mm -hmm. in the community knew her and I learned under her. She was my mentor uh, for eight years. And prior to that, I think everyone in the community knows Ronnie Johnson. Oh, yeah, everybody knows uh, So Ronnie, Ronnie was the, the um, president of the Community Foundation for 22 years. Okay. Um, and she's still in the community and, and mentors me all the time as well. So I'm fortunate to, to still learn from her. Nice. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So tell me how you got started, either in business or nonprofits or... Yeah. So I went to school at IU... And I thought I was going to be an accountant, but didn't really like the accounting curriculum. (laughs) So switched over to computer information systems, which changed throughout the years. I think they call it informatics Mm -hmm. now instead. And I was really just looking for something to be able to graduate because I thought maybe I would go to law school later. And I got out of school 
I went to work for one of the big consulting firms, Ernst & Young, and worked for them for a couple of years. Liked it really well, but the company was bought out by another company, mm-hmm. and they kind of slashed a whole division, and I got caught up in that division and uh, thought, well, I'll just go to law school. But really, it wasn't the right time for us. Instead, it was the right time to start a family. So okay. we started a family Uh, My husband and I, and I stayed at home with the kids for just a little bit of time with no idea of what I would do with my life. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of us are in that kind of place where we're not sure what we want to do. But I did a few little odds and ends kind of jobs, worked from home remotely, one of the original remote workers, if you will, working on spreadsheets and things from home. And then I went back to work for a local software company called Keystone Software Systems. They're part of the Boyce family here Mm -hmm. in town and uh, worked for them for a little while. And although I I liked that job and I liked working for them, I really felt like my calling was going to be in nonprofits at that point Mm -hmm. and really thought higher ed was probably the place to be with Ivy Tech and Ball State here locally. So I went back and got my master's in adult and community ed and executive development for public service and uh, promptly moved to a position at Ivy Tech Foundation. And what I found was that Ivy Tech was wonderful, but as a fit, higher ed wasn't um, really where I wanted to be. And a big advocate for Ivy Tech, and I think they're wonderful in the community, but for me as a professional, I wanted something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And so that led me then to the Community Foundation. I learned at Ivy Tech, though, a little bit about fundraising, a little bit about scholarships, a little bit about grant writing and Mm -hmm. grant making. And so it was the perfect fit when there was an opening at the Community Foundation. And I've been in three different positions at the Community Foundation um, for almost a decade now. So it will be 10 full years in May that I've been with the Community Foundation. And I started as a community engagement director. And that put me kind of half and half, a little bit on the grant making side and a little bit on the asset development side and uh, grew into that position a little bit and then was promoted to senior program officer, was in that position for the majority of my time at the Community Foundation so far, really built up the grant making programs at the Community Foundation And then last August, August of 2022, was officially promoted to president and CEO after Kelly had announced her resignation and moved to Mm -hmm. Iowa. So that's what I've done at the Community Foundation and um, plan to stay there for a really long time. Excellent. Love Mm -hmm. it. So tell me something you'd wish you had known when you were first starting out. I think that one thing that I would go back and tell myself is that hard conversations, even though they're uncomfortable, are really what move you forward, especially when they're partnered with strategic thinking. I am truly a person who believes in beta testing. I literally have a friend who beta tests for Microsoft, and it's I feel like it's such a cool job to be able to tell folks what is going wrong and what is going right, mm-hmm. and then be able to kind of fail forward. I'm really big on process, too, and I think that nearly any tough conversation can really be tackled by thanking a person first, then acknowledging their efforts and concerns, explaining the situation, and then thanking them again. So I always tell folks it's a simple strategy, thank, acknowledge, explain, and thank, and it really does work. And someone told me recently that I'm very explanatory And that benefits me when working with others. And um, I hope that's true 
but I certainly didn't have that skill 10 years ago. I grew into it over time and experience, and I still don't always get it right, but I try because Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to get across what you want in a communication um, that goes both ways, that's mutually beneficial, and even those hard conversations are worthwhile in the end because they're going to move you forward. Absolutely. And it helps to just have communication. I call it like the compliment sandwich, like, you know, the thank you, you're great, here's what we need to work on, thanks again. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Have you run into discrimination in the workplace? Sure. I mean... <laughs> and if you don't want to talk about it, that's I think- okay, too. I think as a society in general, we haven't yet figured this out entirely. Mm-hmm. Although I, I do give a lot of credit to those that preceded me and fought hard for equal treatment because I think when I look at my mom's generation, we've come really far mm-hmm. since that. But I also definitely have still seen discrimination in the workplace and in the world. And having both a daughter and a son – I I try really hard, and my husband does too, to have conversations that are differentiated appropriately because we have to not only prepare our daughters that discrimination is real, but we have to teach our sons better Mm -hmm. so that discrimination won't exist one day for women or, quite frankly, for any marginalized community. I think it's a a two-way conversation that is different for my kids, and that's been really important to my husband and I. Perfect. What's your favorite band or artist? Well, I think I have to say that my favorite artist is my son, Carter. Well, of course. I think that's fair. <laughs> he, he is a musician. He's an amazing musician, and I think he's going to do great things. Now, does he play in like a heavy metal band? Is that what or it, he used to? It's not heavy metal. I would say um, it's definitely rock influence. Okay. He likes all different kinds of music. And I think I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that, I guess, because... <laughs> I have a very eclectic musical taste, too. I'll listen to almost anything, except I'm not a big country fan. Okay. Um, I really enjoy my 90s and mm-hmm. 2000s. Of course, I'm going to date myself, but I was in high school and college in the 90s, mm-hmm. so great musical time. And I love alt rock and classic rock. I like pop music. Kind of a closeted Justin Bieber fan. I really, okay. really like <laughs> Justin Bieber. I wouldn't consider myself a Swifty, but I don't mind Taylor Swift okay, at all. Is yep. that fair? That's fair. But yeah, I would still have to say my favorite artist would be my son, of course. Okay. Now, I know he's in college right now, but when he's at home, do you also have the kid at home playing guitar at like three o'clock in the morning? So he doesn't <laughs> live at home anymore, right. but yes, he, he definitely always had either drumsticks in his hand or a guitar, or even if he just had a pencil, it was somehow hitting the table. Mm-hmm. So we got very used to that, kind of like banner blindness. You oh, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> didn't really hear it anymore. But uh, he's he's so he's really good at what he does. And so once he got past that young stage, 10, 10, 11, 12 year old, when he was actually really good at it, we yeah. really enjoyed him drumming in the house. Oh, yeah. I love because Holden, our 19 year old, still lives at our house and he plays guitar and all of that. And I love listening to him play because he's so good and he sings and he's great. I just wish it three o'clock in the morning, we maybe played acoustic. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. We could never convert him to the elect- 
electric drums. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Some other of our parent friends were like, oh, you should convert him to the electric drum set so he could put on the headsets and then you wouldn't hear it. And as soon as we even suggested that, he was like, no, it's not the same. same. (laughs) I have to have my full-blown drum set with the cymbals and everything. And so we want to be supportive parents. We always have been. And so we... We would just say, okay, we're going out to dinner. You go ahead <laughs> and do your thing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Definitely. Are you an early bird or night owl? Definitely night owl. Mornings are a struggle for me, for sure. And I get a little bit of extra boost of energy at 10 p.m. normally. Yeah, okay. Um, and then can, like, clean up a little bit or I think about what's going to happen for the next day and then I'm able to go to bed. But definitely night owl. Perfect. What's your favorite book? I have to be honest. I read so much at work that I don't read a lot at home personally. It's understandable. But when my kids were in middle school, there was a little bit of a struggle for them to read. So I would try to read to encourage them so that we would be reading the same book. And so I really like the Percy Jackson series okay. and anything by Rick Rodan. I really like uh, mythology and and sci-fi. And those were such easy reads mm-hmm. and had cool characters. So I'm, I'm going to say Percy Jackson series. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever met anyone famous? No, not unless you count waving from a distance. I mean, that's okay too, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> What's your guilty pleasure? I'm an absolute chocolate addict. So I love all kinds of chocolate candy, hot chocolate, anything that has chocolate on it, chocolate cake, chocolate cookies. So that's what I would say is my guilty pleasure. All right. What's your favorite movie? I fall for treasure hunt movies every time. So I'm going to say National Treasure. That's a good one. Matt and I were just scrolling through Netflix and saw it on there. We're like, that's such a good movie. (laughs) It's it's one of those movies that if if it was just on, I would watch it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. We all have streaming services now, so you have to be active and proactive to go actually (laughs) watch it. But I could watch that movie over and over again and not get distracted. And they had, I don't remember which streaming service it was, but one of them did a TV show with eight or nine or ten, however many episodes of National Treasure. And oh. I was very excited about that. And I watched all of that, too. Oh. And it was very good. Interesting. I didn't yes. know they did yes. that. Might have to check it out. What's your hidden talent? Something you're good at that people might not know. I have exceptionally good spatial recognition. And okay. I can pack a car a million times better than anyone else in my family except for my dad, and I learned it from him. And so I have been known to repack a car and upset people in the process, but I can fit a lot more in a car than anybody else. That's a, that is a use, useful it's skill It's a useful to have. skill, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, definitely. Okay. Star Trek always kind of scared me a little bit, to be honest, yeah. but Star Wars was very inspiring to me. It's awesome. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Probably some version of the of a laughing emoji. I send that one a lot. Okay, nice. Tell me something that's on your bucket list. I would really like to take an Alaskan cruise. I've heard a lot of people that have done it, and the pictures are amazing, and I would like to do that. And then when I was in my 20s, I took a trip kind of through several European countries, and we couldn't make it to Greece. And I would really like to 
go to Greece as well. And then I'd really like to see the foundation hit $100 million. Okay. We're getting closer. Getting closer. We're, We're about, right. at about $85 million. So I would definitely like to see that as well. And then absolutely no pressure because they have lots of time, but I'd like to be a grandparent someday. <laughs> yeah. But we can let them wait a little we bit longer. A decade. <laughs> yeah. A decade at least. Let's wait a decade. Yes. What gets you truly excited about life? I think that what gets me really excited is seeing my kids grow as people. I, I want to see my kids succeed in a way that they feel supported to take risks, but also that we as their parents are a safety net when they may fail too. It's again that beta tester in me. I think it's really not easy to sit back and let them become who they're meant to be, but it makes me really excited to know that they're on that journey because I think that the journey of success and the journey of growing into who you are is really so important and so amazing. I was a person that in college didn't know what I was going to be or do. I just kind of fell into different areas. And I think both of them have a really good sense of, of who they want to be or what they want to grow into and know that it takes small steps to get there. And it's just really exciting to see them grow into that adulthood and still want my husband and I around mm -hmm. and and seek our advice out. So that gets me really excited. I also am a really strategic and kind of visionary thinker. And so I get really excited when there's some sort of quiet piece of work that the foundation does that can move the community forward that in no way we expected. That isn't a big splash, but when something really simple turns into a really big impact. And even if even if folks don't know that it was the foundation that was part of that process or that I was part of that process, it just excites me to know that it happened and something simple can turn into something big. And we have so many examples of that at the Community Foundation. I won't go into a lot of them, but um, it's just that really gets me excited at the end of the day and makes me feel proud of the work that we're doing. Excellent. What would you describe your purpose in life? That's a really big question. I know. Angie. That one's a hard one. <laughs> that one's a hard one. And I think I would have answered this differently a decade ago. Mm -hmm. But I really think now in this kind of stage of life, I think I'm, I'm meant to serve my community. And there's a lot of different ways that you can do that. But I do think that that's my purpose. And I hope that... I'm living up to that at the Community Foundation. It's a way that I can serve the community really broadly and see broad the broad picture of the community and all that it has to offer, the assets and the challenges. And I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And that feels good at this stage of life while I also am able to balance that with the, the good things that are happening in my family. Excellent. What does success mean to you? I think that success is about filling your life with love and respect and joyous moments. It's often more about the journey than the end. I really, truly believe that because I've had so many zigs and zags in my life, places um, and times where I thought one thing was going to happen and then I was told no or I was hopeful of one thing and something else happened. 
And I wouldn't trade those moments. I think that journey is really, really magical and part of the success and, and gets you to where you're supposed to be, even when sometimes those things are challenges or unexpected. And I think that should be fun and memorable and as part of a success story. And I think when people see you in a way that they can trust you honestly and with vulnerability and, and, and talk to you in that way, that's really success. I've never seen success tied to a dollar amount or uh, power or fame, certainly. Um, I, I just feel like success is when you fill yourself with moments and and memories and journeys and opportunities that make you feel loved and respected and give you the opportunity to have a lot of joy in your life. Perfect. The only thing I would mention is that if you don't know about the Community Foundation, please give us a call um, or reach out to us, send an email, check us out on our website because we don't want to be the best kept secret in town. We certainly want folks to know about the Community Foundation and the good work that we're doing. And right now we have a wonderful opportunity. I mentioned earlier the Giving Indiana Funds Tomorrow Initiative from Lilly Endowment. They have announced the eighth iteration of that. And so we have the opportunity to apply for matching funds. And um, if awarded, we have $2 to $1 matching funds for all contributions uh, that are unrestricted to the Community Foundation, to either the unrestricted fund of the Community Foundation or any named unrestricted funds of the Community Foundation as well. So it's a great opportunity to triple your impact. If you want to make a gift to the foundation, if you want to hear more about the match, please give me a call or um, any of my colleagues at the Community Foundation as well. And we also are in a new building downtown on Jackson Street. Mm -hmm. And we actually have quite a few of Matt's pictures yes, in do. the office. <laughs> and so come see Matt's pictures and the rest of our office too. We're happy to give anyone a tour. Please feel welcome. It's your Community Foundation. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for stopping by today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Bye. In the studio this week with us, we have Amy Leffingwell, our project manager here at Farmhouse Creative. Amy. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and the reason we have her in here is because she has a funny story about getting punked. <laughs> So, yes, my daughter, who gets it honest, like she's ornery. But so would you like me to tell you the story of getting punked that made me sob at brunch or the punked that made me have a panic attack? Which one would you like well, to? Well, let's start with brunch first. Okay. Okay. Well, it's a it's a long story, but we always talk about dreams because we have really lucid dreams and we got on that sort of topic. And she said, you know what? I dreamed about you last night, Mom. You were about nine years old and I've seen pictures of you. It was you when you were nine. And I was talking to you and you were telling me like you, you what you wanted for Christmas and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, well, what did I say? Thinking it was going to be like an elephant or some weird stuff. And she said, well, was there something called Easy Oven Bake or something like that? And I was like, Easy Bake Oven? She's like, yeah. I'm like, no, I had one of those. But everybody had one of those, right? Yeah, I had and then she starts telling me more things that I actually remember wanting. I couldn't remember the time. But then she says, I feel like you wanted a yellow puppy with a red ribbon around its neck. And I burst into tears because that was a very traumatic experience for me <laughs> because I did not get the dog that I wanted. And so 
I was sobbing and she said, mom, mom, no, literally, literally, you don't have to cry. You don't have to cry. And I said, well, that's so weird. But well, what she'd done is gone down the Star Press rabbit hole. And she Googled me in the Star Press. And she found a letter I'd written to Santa because they used to publish those. When you were nine years old. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and ask for a puppy with a I did. Bow. I did. Which was very specific. Yeah. So if you don't get what she's doing and that was a traumatic memory, yeah. it triggers you. <laughs> so she's like, well, my boyfriend made me do it. And so I had some sim- middle finger symbols to <laughs> share with, with the boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was the first one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And just when I thought it couldn't get any better, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she spent about a week and a half with her girlfriends in the Virgin U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah. And it was her first trip, like, overseas and she's living her best life and they they would FaceTime me and stuff. Oh, it's really pretty here. And they'd all had drinks in their hands and they're just big shots, right? So when I'm asleep at night, I'm asleep. Like I turn my ringer off, I'm asleep. So I get up like at 8.30 in the morning and I've got two two unknown calls that I missed. And then I've got one voicemail from these calls. Shall we pause while I pull that up and sure. play it for sure. you? Yes. Okay, so here's here's the voicemail that I received, groggy. This is a call from the Virgin Islands Correctional Facility from inmate Grace Butler. Say yes to accept this call. This is a call from the Virgin Islands Correctional Facility from inmate Grace Butler. Say yes to accept this call. Mom? Mom? Mom, we fucked up. <laughs> Mom, I... Mom, I need you to help me. It, it wasn't me. It was Carly. It's, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Mom, are you there? Just kidding, Mom. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was almost, I almost during that whole voicemail had a ticket to the Virgin Islands bot. That's, that's where I was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and they were like four hours ahead of us, yeah. so it was like a weird time. I don't know, but it was oh my gosh. just horrible, and so after the fact, I did ask her, if, was I the only mom they did that to? Because, And they're like, no, they'd done it to one other mom, so I was not the only mom, and apparently it's a TikTok thing, but I don't really... I don't know those things. So, so yeah, I mean, she's got it coming. Yeah, I think you need to start scheming and thinking of ways to get her back. Yes. Actually, we have been scheming. We have been scheming. Trying to think of ways well, to get her back. Well, don't give any No, no. And she's too cool to listen to our podcast anyway. Yeah, she won't listen to it. it so yeah, it's okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I guess um, I'm going to have to up my game. Yeah, I yep. think so. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or you can find us on Facebook just by searching Gone Boss. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week to find out who has gone gone boss. boss.